This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Baruchim welcome everyone to a special edition of All Parsha on Parshas Vayishlach, the Ramban. On Parshas Vayishlach, we'd like to examine two fundamental passages of the Ramban that discuss how the subject of Parshas Vayishlach is symbolic of future events for the Jewish people, specifically in their interactions with the Roman Empire, the Roman government, based on the principle of Masayavoy Simulabonim, that the interactions of Yaakov Avinu and Esav portend to the future interactions of Klal Yisrael and the Roman Empire. The Ramban opens the parsha, he says, ha-parsha This parsha was written, to make known, ki that God saved his servant, Yaakov, miyad chazak mimen, when he redeemed him from the one stronger than him. Vayishlach malach, and God sent an angel uh, to rescue him. Vayatzilehu, who saved him. Now what malach? Well, Yaakov Avinu talks about the malach. Yaakov Avinu even says, Hamalach ha-goyel, kara, that the Yubanu Shalom sent a protective angel to guard and to watch over Yaakov Avinu in his time of danger. So that's the first lesson that this week's parsha teaches us, that Hashem protects His the servants. Number two, to teach us further, that despite all of Yaakov's righteousness, he did not trust and rely only on his righteousness. And he made his own efforts with all of his ability. He came up with various plans to save himself. And third of all, there's also a future um, uh, allusion to future generations. Because whatever occurred with our forefather, in his interactions with Esau, his brother, so this is a recurring phenomenon of what will occur between us and Esau's descendants, Edom. And therefore we need to follow in the pathway of Yaakov. We need to follow in the pathway of the righteous Yaakov. That just like Yaakov prepared himself for three things, we also have to prepare ourselves in three ways. In the three ways that he prepared himself, namely litfila for prayer, uladoyrain for gifts, and for warfare. Just like Yaakov Avinu, he prepared himself uh, for with tefila to be rescued from Esav, bribery and war, to either war to run away and be saved. This is an illusion that Chazal have detected in this parsha, as I will mention, and I would like to share with you those comments of the Ramban later where he elaborates on this uh, principle that this parsha was written for us to glean our future interactions with Esav. Now it's interesting, um, we're going to see that Rabbi Chanan Wasserman in his in Kavitz Mamarim, he quotes the Gra that this whole subject of Yaakov with Esav represents the station of Klal Yisrael 
in what is called Ikvasad the Mashiach, Yaakov's interactions with Esav returning finally at the end of the long Golos of Yaakov to Eretz Yisrael represents the very end of the Golos and the return of the Jewish people to Eretz Yisrael. And so it's not only that Yaakov's interactions with Esav portend to our future interactions with Edom, but to a specific point in Jewish history, namely the point that we are currently living through, what is known as Ikvasad the Mashicha, where in the end of days, at the end of the long Golos, when Klai Yisrael finally makes its way back to uh, Eretz Yisrael. Please take a look in the Ramban, Perak Lamed Gimel, Pasav Tezvav, where Esav offers Yaakov Avinu some men to stay with him, and Yaakov Avinu basically says, thanks but no thanks, Lama ze emtsa chen adoy ni. Let's focus on these words. Lama ze, why this? Emtsa chen adoy ni, let me find favor in the eyes of my master. What exactly was Yaakov Avinu telling Esav? So Ramban says, quoting Rashi, Lama ze, why this? Meaning, Why are you doing this favor for me that I don't need? And then, I will find favor. Please don't pay me anything right now. This is the language of Rashi. Lashon Rashi. The kavana to Yaakov was, Yaakov's kavana basically was, he was... Uh, saying thanks but no thanks, he had no interest in having any of Esau's men with him. He also had no intention of going to Esau and Seir, he was going to Eretz Yisrael. However, the Ramban then elaborates on the uh, points that we were discussing earlier. Our rabbis have seen further counsel on this. The Breshis Rabbah, Parsha Ayin Ches, Rabbi Yanai Kadhavasolik Lamachusa. When Rabbi Yanai went up to deal with the government, have a Mastaka Bahade Parshasa, he would analyze this Parsha, Vlo have a Nasvime Roman, and he would never bring Romans to accompany him based on the Limud that he would glean from Yaakov Avinu, who would not want any of Esav's men to accompany him. Chadzman Lo Yistak Elba. One time Rabbi Yanai did not analyze Parshas Vayishlach in anticipation of meeting the Roman government, the Nasavimei Roman, and therefore the lesson was sort of forgotten by him, and he took with him Romans, and he suffered the consequences. They extorted out of him some valuables. He didn't reach Akoi until he had to sell his uh, coat. Because our sages have a tradition, Shazu Parsha's Galos. This Parsha is a description and a, the architectural plans of the exile, the Jewish people. And whenever they would come to Rome, to the courtyard of the kings of Rome for communal affairs, they would analyze and look deeply into this parsha, to follow the counsel of the great sage and the elder Yaakov Avinu, from him, all future generations will see, and follow suit. And therefore, uh, one of the limudim we learn from Yaakov Avinu, is, he would not, um, and they would not accept any Roman assistance to accompany them, because she'ein makarven elahanos they do not draw um, 
anyone close to them only for their own benefit. And they just completely disregard anybody's money. So, according to the Ramban, this parsha is the parsha of Golas. As we mentioned, the Goin, quoted by Rabbi Hanan, learns that this parsha portends not just to the Golas, but to the period that, that is known as Ikvasad the Mashiach, the period of time immediately before the coming of Mashiach. And therefore, Rabbi Hanan Vassarman, based on the Gra. analyzes all the details of this parsha and its portent to our times. And one of the very compelling things Rabbi Hanan says is that when Yaakov Avinu finally encounters Esav, first Esav encounters the Shvachais, Bila and Zilpa and their children, followed by Leah and her children, followed by Yosef and Rachel. Says Rabbi Hanan, this also is a remez to the future, that in the end of days, the leaders of the Jewish people, those who will dominate and rule, will be the Erev Rav, which are represented by the Shvachais. And then, following then, will be the average person, the Hamoin Am, who is Nichna to the Erev Rav, represented by Leah Viladeha, and the Tamidei Chachamim, represented by Rachel and Yosef, they will be very last. So the, even the order of procession in which Yaakov Avinu had his family meet Esav represents the various status of the Jewish people in the end of days. If we may add one particularly compelling idea, we know that Yaakov Avinu was very frightened. Vayira Yaakov Ma'od Vayetzalai. And Rashi says he was afraid, Shema Yeharek, he was afraid lest he be killed. He was distressed if he would have to kill others. So the Maral asked, who exactly are these others? He was distressed if he would have to kill Esav. So say Esav, why Achirim? Furthermore, why would he be distressed if he would have to kill Esav? Esav's coming to kill him. Esav is a roidev, so Yaakov has to kill Esav. So many Svarim bring this idea Brought in the Sefer Pninim Yikarim, the Pardes Yosef, Mayana Shel a wondrous pshat that Achirim actually is a reference to the great Tanner of Meir. If you look at the end of Hayriya, it's because of a certain incident that occurred. Rav Meir was called Achirim. And Yaakov Inu did not want to call, did not want to kill Esav. Not because he didn't want to kill Esav per se, but because of a great personality he would emanate from Esav, namely Rav Meir. Rav Meir was actually a descendant of Esav, Ayin, Gitin, and Vav, that when Nero Kezar uh, had a change of heart and he decided not to destroy the Beis Hamikdash, he converted and from him came Rav Meir. So Rav Meir was a descendant of Esav. So Yaakov did not want to kill Esav lest he knock off Rav Meir. And the question is, why specifically at this juncture of time is Yaakov Avinu so frightened lest he kill Rav Meir? And we explained in our humble Sefer, Alakadameir Anini, that since this parsha is the parsha of the Golos and the parsha of Ikvasad the Mashicha, which ultimately the Svara that protects the Jewish people in the Golos and the Svara that will ultimately bring the Gula is Shitas Rav Meir 
that no matter what madrega we're on, bein kach bein kach banim, we are always considered the children of Hashem. So at this critical juncture, that Parshas Vayishlach portends to the Golas of the Jewish people and the Geula, there is no one more important to preserve us in the Golas and to help us be redeemed than Shitas Rameir. After all, we know Mashiach will reveal itself in Tiveria, the city of Rameir, as the Ben Yoyada quotes Emes Yaakov, that the Mashiach could only come based on the Svara, that even if we're undeserving, Hashem will, will disregard the tightness of the nations of the world and redeem us just because we're Banim Lamakayim. And therefore, it is so critical. In this parasha that portends to the Golos and the Geula, Yaakov Vinu preserves the Tana Rameir. As Reb Chaim Falaji tells us, that we always have to be thinking about the great Tanur Rameir because that is our source of vitality in the Golos. And as Ben Yoyoda writes, the Tanur Rameir is buried standing because it is his shita of Ben Kach or Ben Kach Nekram Banim that stand up for us throughout the Golos and ultimately will be the springboard for the Geula Shlema. May we be zoicha to it. Bimher v'yaminu. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.